Colorado sports leader, the team. Eight o'clock, thanks for joining us on this Apache Friday. We celebrate the weekend. It is the doorstep of the weekend. It's Friday. Jim along with Cake today, a.k.a. Well, Tyler Franson, a.k.a. Nibbles, Cake, Nipsey Hustle, Garmin San Diego. I, I personally am a fan of Nipsey Hustle. I'm. It's not bad. I've always liked that one. I've always felt like that was one of my favorite uh, monikers for you. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. All right, this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee, Country Financial. All right, Broncos, those are going to talk with Vance Joseph about being their D.C. Sean Payton's met with Rex Ryan. Chris Richard has talked with the Broncos. I like the more you read about Richard's resume, now that he finally got his name right, uh, <laughs> that uh, it's impressive. The younger coach, 43. Helped to, to guide that Seahawks defense in Super Bowl 48. Ken Starr, beloved Broncos. That'll happen. Let's see. Let's go to the text line today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Kurt, none of the current crop of top quarterbacks from the league. When Rex Ryan stopped coaching, he has never had to design defenses for Mahomes and Hurts. There was Steve McNair. There there was Michael Vick. I mean, there were mobile quarterbacks in the league. But you're right, not to the extent, Kurt, that they are now. That that Mike Vick was more of a threat to run the football than, than throw the football. McNair certainly could do both and do both well. There's been a proliferation of, of dual threat quarterbacks. And you know, like a guy like Jalen Hurts is a guy that has always been known for running, but as we saw in the Super Bowl, guy can throw the ball. I mean, there's there's no doubt his ability to throw the football has been, has certainly been, I think, underrated. But also, I mean, I, and in fairness to Rex Ryan, it's, it's not like he's been away from the game, you know, learning to be a Buddhist monk or something. He's not right. been, he's, he's followed the game. He works for ESPN. I'm sure that he has spent time as a guy that was a defensive coordinator going, okay, if I get back into this, how do I stop Mahomes? What do I do? So I don't think it's a case where, yeah, he hasn't been on the sidelines or up in the box going up against the chess match against Mahomes and players like like that and Justin Herbert. But I also think let's let's not act like he does not have a plan or hasn't thought about that. You Look, if you're out of the game as a DC, but you're, and, but obviously it's still in the back of his mind, right? That, Hey, I might want to come back and do this at some point in time, right? You're going to see how the game is evolving and what can you do defensively to counteract that? And so I think it's a valid point. I'm not saying it, it doesn't have, have validity. I just think that well, let's not oversell that too much. Kind of like the, well, he was a terrible head coach. Well, he wasn't a terrible head coach. He had a four-win season on his resume, which was not good. But he also had two AFC Championship game appearances with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback throwing 54%. So, and he had a great run in Baltimore as well. From Jamie this morning. First of all, obviously Ben Steele was the best member of that staff. 
head coaching retreads were all great coordinators first, Rex Ryan would be great. Yeah, I, but the way the offensive line responded to Ben, that, yeah, I think that's probably a fair thing to say. We're, we're biased, let's be honest. Right. He's, He's you know, a Valley guy. Jamie, we're biased about that. We love Ben, but I think you're, you're right about that. Uh, let's see. Happy cold Apache Friday. I heard that Sean DeSay has been interviewed by Peyton and turned down Vikings and Dolphins positions to go out to the Broncos job. I think he might be a good fit. Not sure about Rex. He would have a hybrid D and probably be more aggressive. He was great in Baltimore in the early 2000s. And that rolled over to what he did with the Jets, too. Let's see. Well, you guys know it can't be Rex Ryan. How is he supposed to get off on the right foot now? Ba-dum, bum. And we read Bry Guys earlier, which, of course, was the foot joke as well. From Dylan, Rex Ryan should be the D.C. Don't know who else is out there with the disaster of the Broncos season and the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I'm footballed out for a while. We'll watch the XFL eventually. Time to lock in on the Avs and the NHL, which will have the Avs St. Louis tomorrow for game 1130 right here on the team when they go to St. Louis. Going from Paul. XFL, please. I simply do not need nor do I want football 365. I like a break. I love my wife, but I like it when I get some time on my own. By the way, she does as well. I love the NFL, but I like some time of my own. Well, if the Broncos hire Rex Ryan, he will pay for himself because they won't. Let's see. They, they won't, won't need lights. They won't need lights. His teeth will light the field up. The other problem with Rex is after watching him on TV, he's always putting his foot in his mouth. Oh. <laughs> Ba-dum-bum. Let's see. Got one from Jim. Good morning, very distinguished gentlemen. As you know, I drive for a living. Could you give me an update on the Moffat County wrestlers? I think the Broncos should not tippy-toe around Rex. Okay. Rex Ryan, just hire the guy. Have an awesome Friday. Have a great weekend. We uh, get the chance. We'll we'll check on, on Moffat County's wrestlers. We are kind of super hyper-focused on the Valley and, and the Highway 50 folks, but we'll... Uh, Jim will try to do that for you if we get an opportunity. All right. Jim, along with Cake today, your thoughts about who should be the Broncos' next defensive coordinator. Will you watch the XFL? We'll talk about the XFL in just a moment. Uh, So as we go around the NFL this morning, Travis Kelsey is going to host Saturday Night Live on March 4th, by the way. That's going to be good, I think. So for you Travis Kelsey fans, he will be hosting SNL. Might be the best part of the whole thing. Let's be honest, most nights, SNL, eh, not so much. Although right. Weekend Update's still pretty good. Though. Weekend Update with Colin Jost and, and Michael Chase still really funny. It's still the best part of, of Saturday Night Live. Especially when, and they haven't done it in a while, and it makes me sad that they have not done this in a while, but when they do the joke swap, when they basically you know, they do jokes try are, to get the other one fired. It's, it's pretty good. It's, those are pretty good. I find those to be pretty funny. It's so good. All right, so um, with the what we saw with one of the touchdowns in the Super Bowl, we've seen throughout the course of the season, the rule about pushing players, pushing players into the end zone. Eagles have used that a lot with Jalen Hurts, and that um, you know the, the NFL changed the rules to allow a runner to be pushed by a teammate several years ago. Broncos new coach Sean Payton said that. Um, He's going to use it as often as he possibly can until they stop allowing him to use the rule. 
that uh, Peyton told Fox Rules analyst Dean Blandino that Peyton will make regular use of the ability to shove a runner from behind until they change the rule. I think the league is going to look at this, and I'd be shocked if they don't make a change. Blandino said that an item posted on the 33rdteam.com. He said, I was talking to Sean Payton during Sunday's game, and he said, we're going to do this every time next season if they don't take it out. Amounts to a rugby scrum. The NFL wants to showcase the athleticism and skill of our athletes. This is just not a skillful play. This is just a tactic that is not an aesthetically pleasing play, and I think the competition committee is going to take a look at it. Previously, pushing the runner happened spontaneously in the open field. It's not part of the play design. The Eagles have perfected that with Shane Steichen. Now your new coach of the Indianapolis Colts. It's really been it's been rarely called, and so it goes back to 2005 when they made the change. And the compromise could be outlining pushing a runner only outside while outside the tackle box. And there's also the about pulling players too, because you're seeing that it's not just pushing guys. Right, you're seeing linemen on occasion, like Jason Kelsey, grab Jalen Hurts and pull him into the end zone, which you can't do. Pushing you can do, grabbing and pulling and playing tug of war <laughs> with a quarterback. Can't you, do it. You can't do that. And and look, it's not that like anybody's cheating. They're they're just doing what they're taking advantage of what the rule is and going a little farther because they're not nobody's calling it. And I think they're right about that. It's it's turned into a rugby scrum, it, and it's it's not it's not a good looking play. Well. Football's about throwing a block. It's about blocking somebody. It's not about shoving guys. It's not about grabbing your your teammate and throwing him into the end zone. That's not what football's about. I, I agree with that. I want to get back to the that comment, though, that it's not an aesthetically pleasing play. Since when do we care? Aesthetically pleasing? You know what's not an aesthetically pleasing play? Anything... That the Broncos ran last year <laughs> on, on offense under Pat Shermer or, or Mike or Nathaniel Hackett, right? You know, no, like, I, 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 I see what the point is. I mean, the, the point should be about blocking technique, being able to throw a block, and sustaining that block. It's not about hey, I can shove my guy into the end zone. Somebody shoving my guy in. It's about me shoving the man across from me backward coming off the ball, exploding, and blocking. And I can live a little bit of the, the pushing, okay? Depend, depend on where you're going to define this inside the tackle box, outside the tackle box. But when guys are grabbing their teammate and pulling them into the end zone or pulling them along to get a first down, that's wrong. That's, that's not what the game is about. The game's about blocking technique, not about, hey, I can grab my guy and throw him like a sack of potatoes you know, into the you know into the end zone for a touchdown. They it's something they have to look at. Is it is it this horrible thing that is this huge problem? I don't know if it's necessarily that, but no. it's something they need to address because grabbing guys and pulling guys, the, the tug of war aspect of it, and and guys just out in the open field just shoving guys along. That's that's not how it's supposed to work. You know, I'm okay with it down goal line. First down, you got to shove a quarterback on a sneak or running back. Okay, I can live with that and be all right with that. But when it's turned into this, you know, it's an open field play and you just you, know, you shove your player forward, your quarterback, your running back forward, nah, that's not what the 
that that shouldn't be the intent of the rule or the grabbing of a player your own guy and pulling him forward. That's not how it should work. The, so the grabbing of the guy and pulling him forward, that I absolutely think, yeah, that's wrong. That should not be part of it. But as it specifically relates to the Eagles, it's like you said, they were just taking advantage of the rule. No, it's not that anybody's doing anything illegal or anything. They're That's the rule, and that's what it is. And they've, they've taken that, and they've turned that into part of their playbook, not just an impromptu... Hey, it's goal line. Okay, my guy's trying to get in. My quarterback's trying to sneak in. I'm going to shove him or grab him and pulling him in. They've taken advantage of a rule change. And, and and I don't damn them for doing it. It's not like they're doing something illegal. But the way it's 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 evolved into something that's more than what the original intent was when they made the rule change. And, and I think the NFL, you know, for every 10-foot wall that's built, someone comes along with an 11-foot ladder. For every change to a scheme like this for every time they go the quarterback sneak where a guy shoves him there's going to be a defensive coordinator or a defensive strategy that figures out a way to stop it at some point maybe not i'm just not sure how you stop though a, a guy like a like a fullback shoving his quarterback forward i don't know how you change that i don't know what your defensive plan is on that well, and, and I don't know you either, know, I mean, but I think... Other than, I mean, I don't, yeah, well, I don't know what you would do to stop that. Well, but but what I'm saying is I think someone out there does. some Somebody who has defensive coaching knowledge and, and comes up with new ideas would would be able to maybe not figure it out perfectly, but would at least maybe have a, a new way or a new concept. The idea could be out there. But also, you, you know, it's it's just one of those things where if you don't like it, try to stop it. You don't want them to score, don't let them score. Simple. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And unless and until the rule changes, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the bed you've, you've made. You must now lie in it. And I know that, you know, players and particularly defensive players have been complaining for a while about how it's, you know, it's gotten soft and you can't touch a quarterback and you can't make, you know, defenses can't play the way they used to. And and that's that's fair. That's valid right. criticism. To be fair. But so long as you are in the National Football League, under the National Football League's rules, you got to figure out a way to, to play by those rules. You got to figure out a way to get those you, you got to figure out a way to stop them. You got to figure out a way to play by the rules that you have set. And again, unless and until the rule changes, that's just how that's just how it is. Unless and until the NFL adopts new rules about this, you know, you just got to kind of figure it out. You got to strategize for it. You got to build around it. You got to maybe beef up your interior defensive line. Beef up but your linebackers. I like what I like what Sean Payton's saying. You know, until they change it, hey, we're going to find a way to take advantage of this. Exactly, we're going to use it until they won't let us do it anymore. All right, you also have this story that that's in Pro Football Talk this morning mm-hmm. that uh, Mike Florio wrote. Uh, John Skipper, if you're not familiar who John Skipper is, he used to be ESPN's president. Over the last couple of years, he, he wrote an article back in 2021, and he wrote one this week, that he thinks the Super Bowl eventually become a pay-per-view event. 
Excuse me? So, John Skipper, okay. A guy that's uh, been a masterful programmer. Guy that, um, with Prius being always, always looking for ways to uh, add to the, uh, you know, the four letters coffers. Here's the problem with that, though. Here's why. A problem. A, 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 the, well, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, well, there's several. Well, there, there's a, there's a problem for fans if it goes pay per view, but there's a potentially bigger problem for the NFL if it happens. If they decide to say, you know what, Super Bowl's pay per view, you're going to go to, you know. Was it NFL Plus or whatever now? And right. you're gonna have to get you have to watch it there or whatever. So or it's gonna be on ESPN Plus or, or EP, Prime, yeah, whatever the case. Where it just goes, it goes or, or just goes to some kind of pay per view situation, something behind a paywall. So if it happens, if it leaves over the air TV, free TV, Congress could immediately take away the NFL's. Broadcast antitrust exemption. So, according to this article, the, how this works is that this is uh, it's underscored by the American Needle decision from the Supreme Court in 2010. It consists of 32 distinct businesses. The league cannot; they're all they're all their own business. Each team is its own entity, its own distinct business within the league. Right. The league cannot engage in collective business practices and strategies such as fixing prices or setting non-player compensation. So NFL enjoys two important antitrust exemptions. First, the federal labor laws allow the 32 businesses, the teams, to use one set of employment rules for players because it operates as what's known as a multi-employer bargaining unit. Second, a specific act of Congress from comes from the early 1960s created an exemption for the NFL from the prohibition of selling broadcast rights to its games as a group. Because it used to be you'd go out in the NFL and you'd Denver Broncos if you were you know go go, go Green Bay Packers go over the right. Packers back to the 60s since the Broncos were in the AFL at that time. Green Bay Packers would go sell their own TV rights. They go to CBS. Hey, would you like Packer games on CBS? Hey, uh, you know, who ABC? You, you, they could go out and talk to individual TV outlets and kind of like they're doing the radio side of it, but they could do this on the TV side and get somebody to carry their games. Well, obviously that changed with the rule change back in the 60s where the NFL could now, they would sell their games as a league, as a multi-employer coalition, if you will. Right. And so... There's a problem with if you know with John Skipper's idea, the NFL could very easily end up losing their antitrust exemption because people are going to lose their minds if this goes pay per view. It's not, not. It's not in the NFL's best interest because that's a va- that's a valuable tool that they have. the The money is not going to be worth the risk of losing that exemption. And so John Skipper can pontificate about how you know it could be pay-per-view and all this. That's probably not going to happen. So good theory, nice try, but probably... Horrible in practice. But probably not something that's going to happen. All right, so the XFL starts tomorrow. The, I guess, this is what, 3.0 now for the XFL. Or, or 2.1 or 2.0. Or what, what, I don't know how numerically we're going to play this out, but... 
ABC, ESPN, FX, and FX2 kicks off a 10-week schedule tomorrow. Uh, no bye weeks, by the way, in the XFL. And there'll be a 14 playoff of the championship May 13th. At least that's the plan anyway. For now. So your divisions, you've got two. You've got the North with the D.C. Defenders, the Seattle Sea Dragons, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Vegas Vipers, which were in Tampa Bay previously. Your Southern Division, Arlington Renegades, which used to be the Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, that's Wade's team, Wade Phillips, Orlando Guardians moved from New York to Orlando, and the San Antonio Brahmas replaced the Los Angeles Wildcats in this league. So your schedule tomorrow, the Vegas Vipers at Arlington, 1 o'clock tomorrow, ABC on the big stick. Orlando Guardians at Houston, 6.30 ESPN and FX. And by the way, <laughs> Vegas Vipers, Vipers and Guardians uh, go in as underdogs, obviously, on the road in those games. And then Sunday, you got St. Louis at uh, the San Antonio Brahmas, 1 o'clock our time, ABC. Seattle Sea Dragons, Steven Montez, former uh, Buffs quarterback, is with the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons at the D.C. Defenders at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Rule changes, if you like the rule changes, which I did, the, the rules back in the other version of the XFL, a lot of those things are still going to be there, with the exception of Sky Judge, because now they're going to go to a centralized war room in Dallas to do that. So... I like the guy being there. I like the transparency of it. USFL did kind of that with they had the camera with Mike Pereira and the right. guys in in the the war room. So I guess it accomplishes the same thing. So no extra point kicks. Teams have to line up from the the two, the five, or the ten to go for one, two, or three points. This is like it was the last time. An overtime shootout of two point conversions rather than a sudden death overtime. Fewer clock stoppages before the two-minute warning with the clock running on incomplete passes and plays that end on out-of-bounds follow a comeback period in the final two minutes, which sees the clock stop not only on incompletions but out-of-bounds plays, but also in tackles in the field of play. They made a few tweaks. The play clock will now be at 35 seconds from the end of the previous play rather than 25 seconds from spotting the ball. Teams will now get three timeouts per half rather than two, and there are now three shootout rounds in the overtime rather than five. This matches what the USFL did in their season. And teams now will have one coach's challenge, which can be used on anything they want. No restrictions, which is different than the NFL. Instead of the on-site sky judge, like I mentioned, the centralized hub will make all replay decisions and correct errors on the field. It matches what the USFL did. There you go. So once again, we you have a centralized hub that can make decisions on these things. Hey, you missed that. That was pass interference, mm-hmm. which the NFL is supposed to be able to do that, right, with expanded replay? You would think. But they seldom do that, at least not the level they that we've seen in the XFL and the USFL, which seems to work out a whole lot better. Anyway, hope you enjoy week one of The Rock and the XFL. You know what The Rock is cooking? Some semi-pro kind of football. Some semi-pro. Well, they're... Guess it's pro. They are getting paid, but um, I mean, if the real football comes in April, though, the USFL, because we were told that, right? That's, that's what Constantly I heard. Constantly during the Super Bowl, that the real football heads are away in April. All right, eight twenty-three, and it's time for where in the world is Tyler Francis? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, tell me 
Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. You cannot hide forever. I will find you. Chance to win beer today. Some brewskis from our friends at High Country Beverage. Must be 21 or older. And if you've won the last two weeks, please sit it out. Uh, for Where in the World is Tyler Francis today, we are headed to this collegiate slash minor league baseball park today. And please try not to get stung on the way there. Because unlike George Klebikoff in media negotiations, I cannot be held responsible for anything that goes wrong. I can, however, tell you that this is the highest capacity park of its league and once took up a seasonal gig as an Olympic ticketing office. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? All right. First correct answer, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line when a case of New Belgian beer, when a fat tire from High Country Beverage. If you've won the last two weeks, please don't play. Must be 21 or older. So text in your answer right now, 970-242-1340 to the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Coming up next, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. Avs in St. Louis tomorrow. Talk about that. Also, what's going on over at River City Sportplex. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jimmy Do Show, not Jimmy Eat World. Jim Davis Show along with Cake today. And um, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex. Jackson, how In you the doing, flesh. man? That's right, he's In here. In the flesh. I'm back, boys. We're coming through like a tornado in the studio. Just coming in here to... Wow, I didn't realize you are that revved up today. It's Wreak havoc on the Jim Davis Show. Well, I always appreciate you wreaking some havoc. Like, I like, Sema- like Semenko back in the day. <laughs> okay. Well, didn't... Okay. I didn't... Gonna roll out some interesting me, references here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. I just don't know Dave Semenko. That's who kept Gretzky on his two feet, helped him protect okay. him. Okay, throughout throughout his career, right? You know, yeah. when he touches Gretzky, got answer to the big old uh, get after basically a old school hockey Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you want a piece of me? Yep. Yeah, they did it. Well, uh, it was great seeing you last Saturday. Went out to watch uh, the Mavs hockey game, and look, season's over, but. If you get out and watch them next season, man, that's a lot of fun to go yeah. to your place and watch uh, watch uh, Maverick Hockey. Uh, be Colorado College, which yeah, I think with Colorado College, to get a few guys that didn't make their varsity team, right? They're playing club hockey. You're pretty good. Yep. Mavs took care of them both nights, and so yeah, uh, beat a pretty good team in, in Colorado College. So a lot of fun out there. So I strongly suggest next year when uh, the Mavs are playing, you get out and watch uh, CMU and cheer them on. Uh, the uh, the Avalanche get the win at uh, Minnesota. They get in in the wee hours of the morning to Minneapolis-St. Paul. They get the 3-2 win, and I think it, it kind of speaks to where they're at right now, and they're you know, they're, they're grinding right now. I mean, yeah. I'd say they lose to Tampa Bay again, second time in about a week that they lose to the, the Lightning, who they beat for the Cup last year. Big comeback win for them, or big win for them to, to bounce back after that loss to Tampa Bay to get that win at uh, Minnesota. Yeah, much better game against Tampa Bay when they were at home there um, at Ball Arena compared to when 
They were in Tampa Bay. This upcoming Saturday and Sunday is going to be their third straight, I think, back-to-back. Um, the schedule's kind of screwing them, isn't the it? The NHL screwed them with the schedule. It's I don't get it. Um, you know, and then, of course, they're going to play Saturday, and they're not going to mention anything about it. They're like, oh, it's all good. You know, these are your defending cup champs, right, exactly. on, their, on their national stadium series uh, broadcast. So they play again Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. They're in St. Louis, and then they come back home to play on um, – Trying to think who they play on Sunday, and then is it, um, is it Edmonton? Yes, yep, McDavid, right? And then they have a then they have a nice break. Then they have a break until Thursday, I believe. They don't play, so they'll have about three days off. Hopefully, try to get a little more healthy. You know, see see where McCarr's at. See if um see if he's going to start working his way back into the lineup. Um, Alexander Joriev played unbelievable. The goaltender for yeah. the Avs, forty one like saves the other night. Outdueled Mark Andre Fleury. Um, Flurry looked bad, didn't he? Yeah, he's just he's the flower man. Flowers have a lifespan too, <laughs> right, Jim? Every life, it's every everything has a cycle, including yep. NHL goaltenders. Uh, and you never know how long the cycle is going to. Each plant grows differently. Yeah. Well, remember the Avs were kind of thinking about Flurry a little yeah. bit there for a while, and. Boy, that turned into be the the better decision, right? To go get yeah. Georgiev, get a younger guy, get someone in there who you know. Flurry's fun to watch, right? He, I mean, he is he is a goaltender that people love to watch with his style and how he tries to go about making his saves, and he's got flash, and you know, and, and it's great entertainment purposes. But sometimes for practicality purposes of NHL goaltending, it's better just to have a younger guy in there that's you know a little more. A little more rubbery, right? A little more limber, being right. able to make the save, stay in, play more games. Um, and Jajoriev's really been that this year for the Avs. So we'll have uh, the Avs in St. Louis tomorrow and then uh, Avs in Edmonton on Sunday here on the team. Yeah. Uh, I think what they moved up like two points for the uh, in the lead for that, that second wild card spot. I mean, this this is an important stretch. Like you said, it's, you know, it's the the schedule makers have not been kind to the Avalanche, right. and you know they, they go to St. Louis tomorrow. It's going to be uh, going to be a tough stretch here for Colorado, but it just feels like that you know now now, now they got Eric, Eric Johnson out for a while. Seems right. like they they get guys back. They got Josh Manson back. He had an assist the other night on on Malgin, who's been really good the last couple of games. They get guys back and then they lose somebody. Yeah, and and you know, and I love EJ. I've always been a fan of Eric Johnson's, but also with that being said, he has a six billion dollar cap hit. They're debating putting him on long-term injury reserve right now. If they do put him on long-term injury reserve, they, I think, lose him for playoffs, but they free up $6 million to go make a move. Which so, could, that, yeah. they could see that happen so they, next month. I think they're trying to figure out what their best option moving forward will be, whether it's like, hey, no, let's get EJ healthy, let's bring him back, he's worth this money, or it's like, you know, let's put him on long-term IR and let's kind of uh, – you know, pivot and try and figure out what we can do with this money um, to bring other guys in. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. What move do you think they make? And I think you know, I think you got to go out and you still they still need a second line center that produces points, not just a guy that can go out and win faceoffs and you know positionally be sound, but they need a guy that. Again, like the Kadri, we always bring him. It always comes back to Kadri last year, and it's because right. he had such a good season, and they needed that depth. Right? It's that's definitely a position they've lost where they can't just outscore teams at will this year. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like they're just putting up that five, six, seven goals. 
You know, they're they're three two games. They're they're four to three games. Like they need to be able to have um have a little more depth in there and uh, and I think their defense is good enough where unfortunately EJ's out, but also they have very good other defensemen that are gonna be able to step into the role and play well like Mulligan or, or who or I think or maybe it's poor, but like um, you know, there's they got guys all already wound up, ready to go. Could they see one of those trade targets tomorrow when they play in St. Louis? Guy that uh, oh. used to wear the Avs sweater. Oh. Could the factor make it? Probably wouldn't be long-term. It'd be a rental. But could the factor come back to play for the Avalanche? Because you, you, you could have a line of Landy when he returns, yep. O'Reilly, and Nachushkin. Yeah. That'd be your second line. I mean... Yeah, and, and that's and I think Seattle or uh, St. Louis is open. They just traded Tarasenko to the Rangers, right? They're looking to shake it up a little bit. They know that they've kind of lost that main magic they had when they went on that Cup run about what four years ago or so. So you know, I, I could definitely see that. And I mean, O'Reilly's a heck of a hockey player. I think anyone would love to take him. It is definitely just what the price is, right? Like right. you know, you you walk into the store, yeah, I want the Rolex, but. You got? Do you got the money for it? You know, in this case, it could be more like I'd like the Lexus or the Mercedes. Right? Can it give me a lease on it? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Probably, I'm probably not going to own this thing. No, a hundred percent. And and that's and that's the decision that these guys have to make. That McFarland and Sackett have to weigh. It's okay. Hey, is it going to be worth giving up these prospects and these draft picks to be able to bring in a rental? Is he going to be able to? effectively help us uh get to where we want to be which is in the stanley cup finals um you know and that's tough and then and then if it doesn't happen you just gave up you know x amount of uh capital to try and bring in a rental so you know but hey it's it's the aggression and it's the fact that they think they can win now is um is something that favors them and they'll gain momentum through any trade partner they find um, it would be fun to see Ryan O'Reilly back in an half sweater, It would though. be fun. And the other name that keeps popping up is Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Does he, I, does he want to leave Chicago? I don't think what's, he's you know, what's the you know What's the cap hit going to be for Colorado? It doesn't seem like it's very likely, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And, you know, I, I've been I've been reading up on him as well. Same with Patrick Kane. They think Patrick Kane's going to go to the Maple Leafs or wherever he's going to end up in. Yeah, Chicago is the second worst team in the NHL, worst team in the Western Conference. Um, you know, they're they're kind of uh they're terrible. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know, and they sold a lot of their guys. So I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't look like they're gonna trade those two veterans, but also I mean at this point you never know. Like we we you sit there and you've been told like this guy's not getting traded, this guy whatever, and then they get moved. So it's like you don't know until the fat lady sings, right? So Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Anything with River City you want to mention right now? Um, I mean, just you know, hockey's still rolling, even though it's starting to. It's going to start warming up soon outside and everything like that. We're going to keep rolling through. Keep having uh, learn to plays, learn to skates. I think we're trying to bring back the Avalanche Mile High Mites here in April, which is where um, if you want your kid to play hockey, I think it's two hundred fifty bucks to get uh, full gear. You get gear down, and then six hours on the ice for practice. I'm um, all included in the. Uh, and the price, so you can find more information on that at riversportplex.com. Curling still crushing it. Deb and the curling crew out there on our Sundays and throwing the rocks. You know, we'll have to go through some of those team names are pretty fun. And yeah, next week maybe we can yeah, 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 do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, bring yeah. some of those names in. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty fun. They they do a good job. The curlers have a good time. Yeah. 
Well, so, we, had a, uh, we had a great time at the Mavs game. Thanks for the the cold ones, by the hey, way. Hey, hey, anytime, man. I got I to gotta bribe you somehow since <laughs> yeah, you keep letting me back in. No, keep there's, unlocking there's the doors no, for me. There's no bribery at all. We always enjoy having I know. the program. I, uh, I brought my cot today so I can just kind of park <laughs> up here underneath your uh, underneath the table. I think so. we had some of Petey's chicken wings out there, too. So if you want a little, uh, you know, a little lunch, early That's lunch, you can do that. Nothing like a little meat. Nothing no. like a little chicken. Exactly. Well, his... His wings are pretty awesome, by the way. Yes, they are. All right, RiverCitySportplex.com to get all the info. It is time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, Tiger making his return. Genesis Invitational, where turns to the scene of the accident. Where he had that horrible car crash. Off to a good start. Well, not at the golf course, but on the way there. Uh, two under, tied for 27th. El Tigre, guys, I think we didn't think he'd make the cut. I think I asked that question to my colleague, our colleague, the Buckeye boy. Well, Tiger off to a really good start at the Genesis. You see you see what he handed Justin Thomas after he outdrove him, right? They caught they caught Tiger handing Justin Thomas a f- feminine product oh. after he outdrove uh Justin Thomas to show, hey, I'm I'm still I'm still your daddy, JT. I might be 47, but I there's still gas. I'm in the pretty tank. sure it's real. We were trying to figure out all us young kids on the internet if it was real, and we're pretty sure it was real. That Tiger handed JT a <laughs> a, little, uh, a, a feminine product after he outdrove and said, hey, I'm back, I'm back, JT. Don't forget it. God, he's the Tiger's the best man. It's gonna be interesting this this season with him. I, yeah, you know, it could, could be one of the, the all-time great comebacks, concerning how he, horribly I, injured he was. In I that think he still got one in him. If he can put it all together, I think he still he still has one in him. Second down, Alvin Kamara has been criminally charged for his alleged role in a beating that took place at a Las Vegas nightclub last year. Kamara and three other men indicted by a Clark County grand jury on Thursday. They have been charged with conspiracy to commit battery and battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Not good for the no. Saints, Alvin Kamara. Third and fourth down. Uh, our hearts, first and foremost, going out to Michigan State after their uh, oh, absolutely. A horrible shooting that took place Monday. Spartans head coach Tom Izzo telling the media this week that his team is playing Saturday and he thinks it'll be part of the healing process. I think that's a good call. I do too. Uh, he, he even said in his presser that he talked with mental health experts and they agreed. Yeah. It's going to have an outlet of some kind. It's It's been now a few days and yeah. And so, yeah, hopefully it'll be a, a chance for Spartans Nation to start to heal. And it avoids what the uh, the AFL, NFL, the Heidi, or the, um, when when they played right after the Kennedy assassination. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, not the Heidi game, but, yeah, not, the, the, yeah. the mistake that they, they made when they decided to go ahead and play the next weekend. Uh, my fourth down was going to mention Tiger. Thanks for stealing that. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Uh, but on the subject of golf, have you seen the trailer for the Full Swing documentary on Netflix? I I have not watched the trailer. I saw it the other night, and I'm like, okay, I, I need to watch that. At some I started point. getting into that last night, actually, Cake. So I don't have Netflix currently, but if uh, if they are... I can't give you my password. You know I know, how they are now. I know. I, I, otherwise, I'd love to. Uh, I might I get I, in trouble. I might have a, a, a friend or two that I could. <laughs> I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. So so check it out. It looks really intense. I got I got through episode one, and that was uh it was kind of built on Spieth and Justin Thomas's relationship. 
I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's it's pretty good. It's I I like it a whole ton. So I I'm happy. Uh, they haven't really had a behind the scenes golf no, they, they really thing haven't. yet. So I, I think uh, yeah, seems well done. I like the first episode, so I'll keep going. Jackson Wilson endorsed. Check it out. Oh, hey, all right, coming up next, our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week. It's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show. We're gonna be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. It's the Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week on the team. And with us right now, the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, Grand Junction sophomore swimmer Whitney Stortz, who competed at the 4A State Swim Championships and had a couple of outstanding finishes. She joins us right now. Whitney, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this morning. Thank you for inviting me. Well, uh, great to talk with you after uh, what was a very successful 4A State Swim Championship for you. You uh, you took fifth in the 100-yard freestyle and uh, slightly faster than the, the, your preliminary time. And you just finished uh, just barely out of fourth place uh, over Thornton at the state championships. And then you took eighth in the 50 freestyle. And so a couple of really good finishes for you. I mean, uh, you're only a sophomore, got two years of uh, competing at the high school level coming up. And uh, kind of take us through uh, what you, you know, the, the experience you had competing over at state and having a couple of really quality finishes. Well, it's definitely a lot different than the meets we have over here because there's a lot of high-level teams. Because the teams in Denver, a lot of them actually – like surround their school by swimming. So I know there's this one team called Heritage, and they actually swim in the morning, and then they homeschool, and then they swim again. So it's a lot different because they have a lot more experience than us, but it's really cool to like see it all in action. So for you, I mean, the fifth place finish, the eighth place finish, uh, you know, those are, you know, obviously, you know, you were, you know, hoping to, to maybe get into the top four and you came so close, uh, in the 100 to getting in the top four. Did that exceed your expectations? Did you have goals going into the state, uh, swim meet of, of what you wanted to try to accomplish, where you'd like to finish, uh, kind of take us through if, whether you met those or exceeded or, uh, your expectations going into state. Um, I know I really wanted to go a 52 in the 100-yard free, and I didn't necessarily get that time, but I also dropped time, so now I'm even closer to that. So I was pretty happy with that. Wendy Stort, sophomore for the Grand Junction Tigers swim team, joining us. Uh, had a fifth-place finish in the 100-yard freestyle and took eighth in the 50 freestyle uh, over at the 4A State Swim Championships. Uh yeah, obviously, you finish better in the 100 than the 50. Is that normally your, your best event, or is it the 50? Um, the 50 is my best event, but also at the high school level, there's a lot more people who are training for the 50 free. It's the most common event for sprinters. So I feel that if you're doing the 100 free, there's a lot more chance that kind of like there will still be a lot of competition but more people sign up for the 53 almost right right yeah Whitney Stortz with us today she's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week take us through how you got into swimming Whitney what uh, what was the start for you I'm sure probably as a little kid getting in the pool maybe taking swim lessons but from a competitive standpoint uh, how'd you get your start <laughs> 
Um, it was actually when I was super young, and I remember I was watching the Olympics with my mom, and I saw Missy Franklin on TV, and I was like, Mom, I want to do that. And that's just kind of how it all started. And when you talk about swimming for Grand Junction High School, I mean, this is a program that over the you know over the decades has had some tremendous female swimmers, and so there's there's that uh, that part of the legacy of competing for the Grand Junction uh, High School swim team of uh, you know you know some of those great uh, tigers in the past, and and uh, try to you know to, to match up to some of those legacies, Whitney. Um. Could you repeat that again? Sorry. No, that's okay. You know, I just you know that Grand Junction High School is a great tradition of, of of female swimmers, and I'm sure that that's you know part of the challenge for you is to to you know try to find your own place in that legacy of all those former Grand Junction High School swimmers. Have you ever talked to any former Tiger swimmers, any of the, the outstanding uh, female swimmers of the past for Grand Junction? Oh yeah, I have. I'm actually friends with most of them, but it's really cool knowing most of them because you can take their experiences and advice and then you can use it so that you can better yourself. What's the best piece of advice you've received from somebody, uh, one of those former tiger swimmers? And then if you feel like sharing that, who might that have come from? Um, one of the best pieces of advice was from my friend, Nina English. And I was really stressing out over an event and she told me, hey, use my good Nina juju, and you'll go super fast. And it's like instantly I was just not worried anymore. <laughs> the good Nina juju. You, you were using that, and it, it helped you. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Was there, yeah. There was, you, had to, you had to kind of laugh a little bit, right, when she said that. Like, okay, things are going to be fine. She just cracked me up. That's pretty good. That's, uh, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Whitney Stewart's with us today. Uh, she's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center uh, Prep Athlete of the Week. Uh, you, you do swimming. Anything else that you do, Whitney, in, in terms of uh, sports at Grand Junction High School or any other extracurricular things that you do uh, at Grand Junction? Um, I'm just so devoted to swimming. I like kind of my whole life. And it's and, just the one sole thing I devote all my time to. And I would imagine you, you probably aspire to get a chance to compete in college here in a few years, right? Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> maybe over at Colorado Mesa, they've got uh, one heck of a swim and dive program over at uh, CMU. So maybe that's in the in the future for you. Uh, as far as a swimmer, you mentioned some of the you know your, your former you know Tiger teammates and and those folks that uh, that you've talked with previously that have kind of helped to to shape your swim career so far. Who else has played a big role in, in maybe shaping you as a swimmer from a, from a coaching standpoint? From a coaching standpoint? Right. Definitely both of my coaches. One, she just retired, but her name's Janet. And then my coach now, Denise. I feel like they just really devote a lot of time to helping me. And they really focus on helping me fix my strokes. And just talking me through some things if I'm ever struggling. All right, Whitney. Well, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this morning. Congratulations on uh, a couple of really uh, outstanding finishes, the 4A State Swim Championships. And I know that you're looking for even more uh, moving forward with your uh, junior and senior seasons coming up. I appreciate the time, Whitney. 
Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you. Whitney Stewart, sophomore for the Grand Junction Tigers swim and dive team. Once again, uh, fifth place finish in the 100-yard freestyle, took eighth in the 50 freestyle, and almost uh, she was 0.19 seconds out of fourth place in the 100. So close. So she was so close to a fourth-place finish. So uh, appreciate her coming on today and appreciate Steve Wojtek over Grand Junction getting that set uh, set up for us. And, uh, of course, our uh, Athlete of the Week brought to you by Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. Whether it's a problem with your muffler, problem with your carburetor, problem with anything on your car, they've got it covered. That's why they're Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. Call them today, 970-245-0101, or stop by and see them at uh, 437 Pitkin Avenue. Heater's not working. Bad time of the year for your heater to not be working. Real bad time. Stop by and see them today at Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. All right, coming up next hour, got the uh, state wrestling tournament going on. We're going to talk with uh, Central Coach Clint Trujillo at the uh, top of next hour. So we will uh, uh, join, uh, he'll be joining us in a little bit. And uh, I think we're going to try to get Lucas Archuleta on sometime next hour as well for the Monuments Wrestling Coach. We're going to try to grab a little update on the state wrestling tournament with both uh, Coach Trujillo and Coach Archuleta. So that'll be coming up next hour. Also, Jerry Schimmel. One of the voices of the Rockies, along with uh, Jack Corgan. He'll be joining us at 920 as spring training. Uh, position players show up Monday. Pitchers and catchers already at Scottsdale as spring training is underway for the Colorado Rockies. We'll talk with Jerry Schimmel coming up next hour as well. All right, text or call the show. Would you like to see the Bron- be the Broncos' next defensive coordinator? 970-242-1340.